Today's episode of Beyond the Rut is sponsored by Capshow, which is the ultimate AI content marketer for entrepreneurs who podcast, vlog, or live stream like yours truly. Stay tuned throughout this episode to discover more ways you can use Capshow for your content. For now, let's get straight into the episode. You know, I love the redemption story. I think we all do when we we read the Bible or we get excited. So I think, again, for folks, it's got to be, what's your chapter two going to be about? Are you going to stay on the ground or are you going to find redemption? And e- Hey, Rudder Nation. Welcome to another episode of Beyond the Rut, the podcast that shares encouraging stories and practical tools to help pull you out of your rut into a life worth living in the areas of your faith, your family, and your career or business. I'm your host, Jerry Dugan, and on this episode, we've got Neil Matthews joining me from not North Carolina, even though he's a huge UNC fan, he is calling in from Oregon, or some of us say Oregon, which I know it's wrong, but that's how I say it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, the people of Oregon. I like to say Oregon. It's just fun. Uh, But that's not the point. The point is, Neil, he's the host of a show called Other People's Shoes. And what he likes to do is just talk to folks from different walks of life to find about, find out what it's like to walk in their shoes. And what we're going to do today, since he's a good friend of mine and I like his own story and his journey of getting out of a rut and pursuing the things that matter to him, I just want to share his story with you. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to get to know my friend, Neil. And what is his Beyond the Rut story and how he hopes that his show, Other People's Shoes, helps other people get out of the rut. So sit back and relax and maybe check out what shoes you're wearing and what size they are, because who knows? Maybe you can tweet us and tell us what that sounds weird. Never mind. Disregard that. We're moving on. Uh, But one thing you could do is maybe take a selfie of yourself listening to the show and post it on your social media tag beyond the rut, just so that we can kind of spread the love that this show is being heard. But but tag beyond the rut, because I want to get in on the action and say, yeah, awesome. Thank you for listening. So speaking of listening, here we go. All right. Hey, Neil, thanks for calling in bright and early, bushy-tailed in the morning from Oregon. How are you doing? I don't know about the bushy-tail part, but I, I am know. here this morning. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I was just thinking, what does bushy-tail mean? Well, <laughs> yeah. sometimes we got to do things that, that we, we want to do, but maybe don't necessarily need to do. Or How does that work? I, I'm not something really like sure. That. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> early bird catches the worm or something. Something. Uh, yeah, like yeah. That. Oh man. Yeah. Well, self, self-induced here. I mean, uh, for both of us, yeah. First thing in the morning, we decided to get together and record, yeah. uh, Neil, you had me on your show, other people's shoes. Uh, and that was a great experience for me. And then, um, we were chatting the other day and I realized, you know, I really have not, in, you know, gotten them on the show. And so we need to remedy this. And so I'm glad you're here. We're remedying that. Well, you know, I, I always think that's great that, uh, you know, podcasters want to like, kind of do a show swap in some respects. And so, you know, I, I always think that's kind of fun. Yeah, we had you on. I was actually looking right now. Uh, we had you on in our Not Enough series, which I yes. thought was really a good episode. So, yeah, people yeah. can go check that out, too, if they want. That was powerful for me because um, I never thought about, you know, the the past I had gone through as being me fighting that idea that, am I enough for my family? Am I enough for a good future? And it's like, wow, you know, that was the uphill battle I'd been fighting. When I was preparing for this, I asked, you know, some information from you. And one of the things that you sent to me and I watched it and it was a surprise to me um, because you're a big University of North Carolina Tar Heel fan. Is that right? Yes. So let's, let's dispel this rumor. I did not go to school there. 
A lot of people think I went to school there. I did not. <laughs> um, I, I wish I had like been a better student and probably pursued that, but I, but I truly did not go to school there. Um, but yeah, so I've been a North Carolina fan since I was um, sixth grade. So what is that? Like 12, 13 ish. And uh, my brother was uh, a Michigan fan. And I actually put this together the other day. I actually truly, he grew up a comic book fan and he loves the character Wolverine. And so I think naturally he became a Wolverines fan because of that reason, rightfully so maybe. And so anyway, Michigan, University of Michigan, the Wolverines are playing North Carolina in the national championship in 1993. People can go back. It's an epic game. <laughs> and so anyway, so I didn't want to root for said Wolverines. And so I thought, well, I'm going to pick this team from North Carolina. I was born in Camp Lejeune, North Carolina. It's a military base. Yes, I did drink the water. I get asked that all the time every time I say that. <laughs> you I, may be entitled to. I am. <laughs> um, anyway, and so I couldn't in good conscience as a little brother, you know, root for his team. That's his team. That's not my team. And so any event, I picked North Carolina as they come out in these, you know, bright blue Argyle down the, you know, shorts, you know, team. I'm like, well, I love that color all of a sudden. I don't know. I've never seen it before, but I love it. It's my favorite now. And that's my team. That's going to be my team. And they won. And so my friends tease me like you jumped on the bandwagon. I'm like, okay, fine. I did. I'll raise my hand to that. But I've never gotten off the wagon either. And like we've had some really good seasons. We've had some really bad seasons. And so I've been a fan ever since. And so a lot of my wardrobe, I'm even wearing a North Carolina shirt today, is North Carolina. So nice. Yeah. Fun side fact. I'm reading a book called Everybody Lies by some guy named Seth. I don't remember his last name because it's hard for me to pronounce. Uh, but he, he talks about like how do you wind up picking who your favorite team is and your favorite sport. And it has a lot to do with um, what did your local team do when you were between the age of like 8 and 12? And so in your case, it was a local-ish team, you know, North Carolina, uh, but kind of driven by that sibling rivalry. So that's, that's just really neat. Uh, so really cool book. Uh, if I remember, I'll put that in the show notes too, so y'all can see it and read it. Uh, really neat. It's about like big data and how it gives us a different look at how things go. But you sent me a specific game, uh, Villanova versus UNC. It was the NCAA playoffs from 2016 and that did not turn out the way I expected because of you being a big UNC fan, um, I was I was shocked. And, and so then I was like, why did he send that to me? And I'm like, well, <laughs> I, I talked to him tomorrow, so let me ask. So <laughs> why did you send me that link of all things? <laughs> well, first off, I, I full disclosure, I've only watched that link one time, and that was when it was live. I've yeah. never got back and, and watched the highlight. I've seen them start the highlight and I've changed the channel even the game <laughs> cuz that'd be hard to face as a UNC fan. Uh, um I know this sounds crazy to some because they're like I'm not a sports nut, I don't follow sports ball so they can't maybe get into my shoes as I often say. But for me when I watch that game it, it is so much of a metaphor or an analogy I always get those two confused too. Kind of of life. Like you fight your way back you get into that moment of life where you're on the biggest stage, you have that biggest moment and you kind of, you, you take the lead. They took the lead on a Marcus Page shot. It was a pump fake shot. I mean, the shot in general before the other shot yeah, was monumental. And I remember watching it firsthand thinking, Oh my God, we're going to win this game. We fought our way back. We're going to win this game. Villanova is a great team. Nothing against them. Great team that year still is a great team. 
Jay Wright always had his guys together. That's the coach of Villanova. Well, he just retired. But in any event, and then what happens next, the sequence is, well, people can go watch it. I don't want to spoil it. But what happens next is just so heartbreaking. And I feel like that's life too sometimes is in a moment, it can all be gone. In a moment, it can all be taken from you on one stupid decision, one stupid shot. And so I think for me, when I think of, you know, as we talk about, as you talk about so often, you know, being out of the rut and getting out of the rut, how do you come back from something that catastrophic? And I know, again, some people are like pooing it, like it's just a game, but it was a big deal for those players. Like they had worked really hard to get there. They had put in a lot of work and to have it all gone in a matter of seconds is, is incredible. Stay with us. We'll be right back. And now let's talk about how you can use CapShow to repurpose and market your content. If you have a business like me, you can upload your cornerstone long-form content, like podcast episodes or YouTube videos, into CapShow, and it will create all your content marketing assets for you. And here's the coolest part. CapShow is more than just a robotic AI tool. It's a powerful blend of artificial and human intelligence designed by marketers to help you organically reach more of the right people on more platforms. Go to beyondtherut.com slash capshow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day trial and see for yourself. Now, back to the show. And it, it's just an amazing battle because uh, UNC was down. This is for the folks who haven't seen it or they haven't gone to the show notes yet to see the, the video replay there. Uh, but, yeah, UNC is down. And uh, it's like a, what, a six or seven minute clip. And you just see this battle where they're within one to three points just right behind the heels of Villanova. And that shot you describe, it looks like the most weirdest shot ever because the guy is in the air, he's doing a pump fake, and you realize, oh, no, I can really take the shot because I really faked everybody out and I'm in the open. And so before he lands on the ground and gets that up and down you know, call, he fires the shot off and it sinks. And now it's like, what, tied, right? Um, or close to it. And uh, you're just like, wow, this is amazing. But then Villanova at the very end with like less, like I think it's like 1.3 seconds left, some guy from Villanova throws up that three-pointer, time runs out, ball goes through the hoop, and uh, they celebrate. And then the, the referees even check just to make sure that there was still no time on the clock and, and confirmed. And, and so I remember like getting excited, like, oh, this is it. This is where they realize there's like a half second left on the clock, and then UNC ties it, and then it's overtime. But no. <laughs> it, it, it truly was a win for Villanova. And, and I love that you, you use that as a metaphor. Like that was, you, you still, I guess, haven't watched other than when you found the clip and sent it to me. Uh, but that metaphor of bouncing back, you know, we do get hit with something, whether it's a layoff, uh, maybe it's a recession. Um, maybe it's a spouse saying, I want to leave or a child that, you know, stumbles in life, whatever it is, you know, the question for ourselves it's truly, how do we bounce back? And uh, I, I love that you brought that up. Um, what, what are some important lessons for folks to think about or advice that you would give folks when they are faced with that bounce back opportunity? Well, I would say you have to really think about what you want to do. And I guess what I mean by that is the next year, if you go chapter two, if you will, chapter one's the Villanova loss in some respects. And maybe you scratch out Villanova and you put your name in there, or what your loss was, whatever that is. What's chapter two going to be about? Well, to kind of finish that story, 
North Carolina the next year goes back again to the national championship and they play a team actually here in kind of, well, sort of here, the Northwest Gonzaga. They're the Bulldogs. Oh yeah. And they're typically really good too. There's a lot of really good teams in college basketball, but the Gonzaga Bulldogs are, are right there. And they started a team chat prior to the season. I found this out through actually a player that was on the team and I had a chance to interview him. So that was kind of cool especially being a North Carolina freak that I am, but they, they called the team redemption. And for me as a, you know, as a Christ follower, as a believer in Jesus, you know, I love the redemption story. I think we all do when we, we read the Bible or we get excited. So I think again, for folks, it's gotta be, what's your chapter two going to be about? Are you going to stay on the ground or are you going to find redemption? And even to this day, I have a bracelet actually. I don't know if it'll come through on the camera, but it says redemption on it. Now, obviously, that redemption word for the Carolina faithful is about that season, 2017, when they come back and win it. Spoiler alert, they beat Gonzaga. But the team had started a team chat called Redemption. And so they would just continue to encourage each other. Maybe they had a down day or a hurting day in practice. And they're like, no, but remember, redemption's coming in March, you know? And so for me, when I hear that and I think about that, I think that's what folks probably should try to remember. I say try because... You know, there's only will or do. We we probably shouldn't try. We should just do, Yoda. I messed that I up. Know. Too. <laughs> do or do not. There is no try. Yeah, there is no try. <laughs> so I would say do this. Like, you have to do this. You have to have a chapter two. You know, when you face that kind of adversity, there needs to be a chapter two. Now, where do you find that? Where do you get that? That has to come, I think, from inside. Yeah. And, you know, it wasn't like they just snapped their fingers and they were, like, propelled forward in time to the 2017 playoffs, uh, there were 12 months between or, or less than 12 months between that loss in 2016, starting that group chat, going to practice, going to workouts. Uh, they had their down days and I, I love it. You know, just in that kind of progression for them, there's a number of things that stand out for me. Uh, one, uh, they rallied together with a common purpose. They, they all want to come back and redeem their season. And, uh, so they all have a, a singular purpose together. And so any given day throughout that year, somebody's going to have a down day where they don't want to put their best effort in or they don't feel like they deserve to be on the team. And you got the rest of this team in this chat, you know, picking them back up saying, hey, snap out of it. We're redeeming ourselves this year. And I, I think that also is a really important metaphor for our lives. You know, there's that cliche you know, verse that, you know, men, Christian men specifically like, like to quote to each other, you know, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. Well, what does that mean? It means just what these guys on this team did, that they lift each other up, they sharpen each other, they push each other forward to be their best. Um, you know, and what ways have you seen, you know, that verse applied in your own life and, and uh, changed it for the better? Well, again, I, I think it goes back to that you know, some people call it a tribe, a community, you know, um, accountability group, men's group, whatever, whatever analogy, again, you want to use. I think for me, that is a, that is a foundational piece to my life. Um, I was actually talking to a, a friend at work the other day and, and he's one of our technicians that are, I work at a body shop, uh, auto body shop. So cars are coming out all the time, damaged, and we're repairing them. Speaking of restoration and restoring, I see a lot of that every day. We're, you know, a car is broken. And then by the end of the week, it's now pristine and brand new again. And almost like, you know, nothing ever happened. So that's kind of fun. 
But I was talking to one of the techs. I said, hey, man, did you play with Legos as a kid? And he goes, that's a weird question. Yes, I did. <laughs> he goes, why do you ask? And I said, your brain just works different than mine does. Like, I didn't play with Legos. Like, I don't I don't know about them. I, I mean, I know what they are, but I never really played with them. And he goes, why? And I said, I'm just not good at building stuff. I'm not good at fixing stuff. And he goes, well, you might not be able to fix stuff with your hands, but I've heard you fix stuff with your words. And I was hmm, interesting. And I think for me, again, that comes back to who's that, who's in your corner? Who's fixing you? And who are you willing to fix? Like, again, I can't fix things to save my life. Couldn't. Like, you asked me to go point out a transmission in a car, I'm probably not going to be your guy now. But if you need some encouragement, if you need somebody to kind of cheer you on or spur you on or maybe give you some insight or some words of wisdom, I might be that guy. And I think to me, going back to your verse and the point is I think that's how iron sharpens iron. But I want to close our Carolina thought if I can interject. So they played, once they got to the tournament, they played one, two, three, four, five, six games. Once they got into the March Madness tournament, as many of people have discovered, the last three games though, they played Kentucky, who's their arch rival, who they lost to earlier in the season. And they won 75-73 on another game-winning shot, by the way. <laughs> they beat Oregon, my my home state school, which is about two hours from me. They beat Oregon 77-76. to And then they beat Gonzaga 71-76. Or sorry, 71-65. So very close games is, is what I'm saying. is like Anywhere along the way, that could have been derailed even more. And so that's the other thing I, I would want to stress is the fact that it's not going to be easy, that chapter two, that redemption story. It's not going to be. So, yeah. I mean, you're talking about like fighting for every point, and uh, maybe you're in a deficit and you're trying to regain that ground, and you, you got to keep plugging away. And there's going to be those moments where, again, you're just discouraged, like, oh, we're not going to, you know, those, those thoughts just start to seep in. We're never going to catch up. We're never going to get to that break even point. And, you know, whatever the the action is that is repeatable, that's going to build that momentum. I, I think for anybody, they've got to just keep plugging away, plugging away, plugging away, having that faith that if they keep plugging away and they're doing the right thing, they're on the right track, they're going to have that breakthrough moment. Uh, it may not be in the timing they think it is, but it is going to happen. And uh, a lot of folks that have been on this show, that's, you know, what we'll find out that they had that that breaking point and then they just had that breakthrough point. And it was like, they never look back after that. You know, they're just, they're winning all the time in life, uh, whether it's in their faith walk or their family life, their, their career, anything. Uh, there's, there's that breaking point And then the breakthrough point, I think, I don't know where that came from. That's kind of better write that down. That's really good. <laughs> I know. Right. No, <laughs> Jerry's going to pat himself on the back. Okay. <laughs> uh, now you've got a podcast called other people's shoes. And, um, I love it because you ask people about what their favorite shoe is. No, I'm kidding. That's not the reason why I love that. <laughs> that is a question you ask. And it, it always threw me for a loop. I'm like, I don't know, whichever one's fit. Cause I got, I'm a little guy with big feet and they're wide. And so finding 10 wides in a store is almost impossible. Uh, and then to find something that looks good on me. Anyway, that's not important. The important thing is you interview folks to get an idea of their perspective on life. So, uh, like their, why, why do they do what they do? Why do they look at life with a perspective that they have? And tell me a bit more about why you started that show and why it's 
just so beneficial to understand somebody else's why? Well, first off, I think that's a great question because for me, um, it, it, the show Genesis, as I as I often say, is such a is such a weird thing. So I have grown up in the church for for maybe your listeners. So I I was an Awana kid. I I walked the aisle at a Southern Baptist church. Don't throw rocks. And, <laughs> Um, you know, I, I remember going to Awana and then into youth group and then, you know, into, you know, out of youth group. And I just hung around the church and going back to your iron sharpening iron first. I think that's why I stayed in the church is there was this need and this void in my life that church filled and God filled. Right. And rightfully so, I think in some respects, but in any event, um, in that I've, you know, I got involved in youth ministry at 19, I'm 42 now. And, uh, at the time of this recording, you know, I just got back into, you know, being in youth ministry after probably a, about a five-year sabbatical in some respects because our church went in a direction in the youth ministry that I wasn't a fan of, just not at all. I thought, this is not going to work. Like, I'm old school youth. Like, this still works and this method does work. And they're like, nah, it doesn't. We don't think it does. And it's not working. We're going to try something new. It's like, well, I don't. I don't like what you're doing. So I'm going to take my red ball. I'm going to go play somewhere else. <laughs> and I left. I, le- I didn't leave the church, but I you know, stepped down from youth. I'm like, I'm out. I'm done. Hashtag done. And in that, my wife's like, you need something. You need a verbal outlet. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know what that is. What does that mean? And she goes, well, I don't know. You're pretty smart. Go find out what that means. <laughs> like, that's terrible. And I feel like I'm on a scavenger. And so, you know, some time passes and she said, well, have you found something yet? And I said, no. I'm still looking, you know, and she said, well, I think you should start a podcast. What do you think about that? I was like, well, first off, I don't even know what a podcast is. She's like, well, again, you're smart. You'll figure it out. (laughs) So, you know, we were driving somewhere someday and she said, hey, you should listen to this podcast. And this gal, Jamie Ivy, is is telling how you know she started and all this stuff. So I listened and I was like, oh, it's like a radio show. She's like, yeah, kind of. I was like, well, I, I could do a radio show because I used to make mixtapes, you know, to her when we were dating. Oh, you know, yeah. Or dating in high school, you know, <laughs> so I'd come on and I'd be like, so it's the sultry hour. <laughs> and this children, that's how babies are made. To it. It's going out with love from Neil. <laughs> on KJM's the best mix of music and more of it. Oh, you man. Know? And so people have always said I kind of have a radio voice and I'm not really sure what that means, but or I have a face for radio even. <laughs> and so I thought, well, okay, I'll start. And so at the time I was trying to be a worship leader. Like I had bought a guitar. I was had every aspiration to play. By the way, this is like the seventh guitar or 12th guitar I've bought in my lifetime. So, you know, I, I thought, why am I trying to be somebody I'm not? You know, and so I, I started the show. Um, we didn't know what we were going to call it. I say we, because my wife, you know, kind of helped in that brainstorm. And she said, well, you have a lot of shoes. Why don't you call it, you know, something about shoes? And I was like, well, I don't know. You know, we kind of hemmed and hawed. And she said, well, I think empathy is the thing that people are missing. And I was like, why aren't you doing this? You should do the show. You have all these great ideas. <laughs> and she's yet to be on the show, by the way. So, yeah. Oh, wow. In any form or fashion. Not been ever, ever been on the show. So, And so we started thinking. And so we you know, kind of brainstormed out other people's shoes because we thought empathy was something people were missing. And so we thought, okay, perfect. <clears throat> and so I joking around, the first person I ever interviewed was actually an old boss of mine. Back in the Quiznos days. Yeah, that's right. I worked at Quiznos too. And uh, so anyway, he came on and I jokingly said, well, you know, if we're going to be on your shoes today, tell me what kind of shoes you have. And it kind of just stuck. And so I've used that ever since as kind of the opening line. But 
Yeah, it's all about empathy. It's all about being in their shoes, their perspective, their point of view, kind of what they walk through. So, yeah, I love it. Uh, and as silly as the question might seem, you know, what what are your favorite shoes or what are your go to shoes or what shoes are you wearing right now? Which depending on how you say it, it can sound a little weird, but people start to unpack why they like those shoes. You know, if they say it's Air Jordans, they'll tell you the story why or their first pair of Air Jordans. If it's uh, penny loafers, they'll tell you why. And, um, it's, it's kind of like the Forrest Gump. You could tell a lot about a person by looking at their shoes. Uh, and in a way, you kick off that, who is the person behind the name that we see? Uh, you know, whether it's your boss, whether it's your neighbor, whether it's, you know, that expert on, you know, child development, whatever it is. I, I love that your show brings that out of people. And you start with something as simple as tell me about your shoes. Um, that is so so wonderful. Um, now, since you've been doing the show, what are some of the memories that stand out to you? Like, is there a theme that stands out when you're talking with folks? Um, what, what's yeah, let's start there. And I guess anything that's surprised you from doing the show? Well, we're approaching 200 episodes in uh, just about four years. January will make four years. So in that, um, it, it's hard to narrow down like five or four or three. That is probably the hardest question for me ever to answer because I've had friends, people I've met, you know, different people. Oh, what's your favorite show? <clears throat> and I always say, well, how many kids do you have? <laughs> and they'll generally tell me, you know, two, three, whatever, four. And they're like, okay. So I think for a second, I say, well, what's your favorite kid? Who's your favorite kid? And they're like, well, I don't know. They're all kind of Johnny, equal. of course. All, okay. you know, yeah, right. Susan, <laughs> here's why. And so for me, that's like the hardest question to answer is like, well, it depends on what show I'm on. So my show is a little different uh, than some. Um, my show goes in seasons. And so in seasons, I come up with a different theme for each season. So if you're a church person, kind of like a pastor does, he'll do a sermon series, kind of same idea. I kind of stole that a little bit from the church. But in that, you know, we've had seasons about the struggle. We've had seasons about, you know, where people have left church, you know, youth kids that I reconnected with when I first started the show on why they left church. Was it me? You know, I know that sounds a little bit like, you're so vain. You probably think this is about you. Well, I kind of thought it was about me. So we've also talked about, you know, people walking through um, perseverance. We're talking about, you know, you being beyond the rut and getting out of that rut, that perseverance, that push story. Little did I know in 2020, you know, uh, that we're going to be talking about vision and cost. And that was right at the start of the pandemic and identity. So we're kind of all wrapping those into one, you know, people searching for things. Uh, what happened when I, I took a date, a specific date that somebody had in their life that really kind of changed them forever. And so we talked about that exact date. Like I got nitty gritty. So as an example, you know, December 12th, 1997, I can tell you exactly where I was at 8.15 in the morning and tell you exactly where I was the moment it happened. So people want to know about that. They can go listen to that. You know, if the shoe fits, right? Getting beyond that that stuck moment, kind of, you know, like you in, in that respect. We should have had you on that season in hindsight. But anyway. That's <laughs> okay. You know, are you enough? We've already talked about, you know, that was your season. You know, shadows, which I was just kind of scrolling through Canva one day and I saw this picture of a shadow and the groundhog happened to fall on a Wednesday, Groundhog's Day. And I thought, hmm, I wonder how many people have dealt with like a shadowy figure or a shadowy moment in their life where they kind of had to walk away from that. And then we talked about an aglid, which for those that don't know, Phineas and Ferb stole that from them. The aglid is a plastic thing at the end of your shoe that, um, that kind of keeps it from unraveling. So what obviously has kept people from unraveling. And then last but not least, number 12, uh, your walk away moment. And so that has some kind of hidden maybe arterial motives. I don't know. 
but uh, but some uh, some have shared already, like their walkaway moment. We actually had a, an interview with uh, Andy Chrisman. He was in the band for him or the men's group for him. Kind of the first boy band. He, he jokes on the episode about, <laughs> or man band. I think he's what he also man calls band. it. He's like, it wasn't a boy band. <laughs> it wasn't a boy band. We were man, man band. But anyway, so he was on. So that was kind of cool. And then uh, in Aglid, we had um, finished out our season, John Michael Summerall from Cutlass. So we've had some big names. And then uh, being a sports guy, I've had some Carolina players come on. So that, those were fun episodes as well. Um, but probably if I was going to pin it down to one, Jerry, you're going to pin me down to one. I'll, I'll give you one that probably is still one of my favorites. And it was in your season. And it was um, with Todd Marinovich, who was a, a USC quarterback standout. His dad had raised him from birth to be this prototypical quarterback. Like that's what his dad trained him and programmed him in a sense to be. And he gets to USC and he finds cocaine. Oh, man. And he gets flunked out of school. And then he goes on to the Raiders because his dad had some NFL ties. And he gets drafted in the first round by the Raiders. Late in the first round, but still gets drafted in the first round. And only plays a couple seasons for the Raiders because, guess what? He's doing cocaine and all kinds of other drugs again. And so he gets washed out of the NFL. And he's just had a tumultuous life as far as like recovery and then falling and recovery. ESPN did a documentary on him called Marinovich Project. Folks can check that out as well. So that's probably... Still one of my favorites because of how I found him and because of his willingness to come on and just talk about anything. So yeah, that's kind of a lot of, a lot of courage and vulnerability. I don't know why, whenever somebody mentions cocaine, I've never done cocaine, uh, but my nose starts to itch and I Same. don't know why, but it does. Uh, maybe it's why I watched Scarface one time too many, but um, I love that. I mean, you've pulled off 12 seasons in, in uh, what, four years you said. And um, so it's not like time bound. It's more topical and, uh, I think the, the curious question I've got though, is how do you do a season on aglets? Like what, what is the real theme behind that? Cause I don't think you talked about like lacing your shoes for all those episodes. So like, yeah, no. So the aglet is that again, that plastic thing at the end of your shoe that if it wasn't there, your life would unravel, it would fray. And so kind of centering around that idea, like, Hey, what is keeping you from unraveling? What is keeping you from fraying? You know? And a lot of people said faith. I mean, that's kind of the easy answer. And so I would push on that and I'd say, okay, well, not that we're saying that it needs to be Jesus and something else, because it shouldn't be, you know, Jesus can be the answer. But a lot of people would say, well, you know, obviously Jesus is the number one, but if I was going down, he's the foundation. So he's not there. Okay. I'm going to unravel. But if this also, this other thing wasn't there, I think I would probably unravel too. Yeah. And also like, because of Jesus, why is this other thing here in the first place? And that you're able to realize right. that's the thing that exactly. helps you. And yeah. um, so it's really cool to unpack that. I love that. Uh, it's the thing that People holds People thought you it was crazy. Like everyone I, I pitched it to, every, you know, potential guest, you know, some that didn't come on, they were like, I just can't see it. I, I can't, you know, I can't get where you're going. Cause I don't just have people of faith come on. Like again, anybody's shoes we're going to be in. I mean, we've had a lesbian come on. I've had some Mormons come on. I've had some Muslims come on. So it, it doesn't matter. My show doesn't have, I, I don't feel has those restraints that maybe other shows might. So, yeah, it's one of those things where it's like the host is Christian, but I don't have to have my guests also be Christian. Yeah. Same, same thing for me. And like my topics tend to sound more secular or at least I intend to when I go into them. But I think in every episode for the last year, Jesus has shown up. So <laughs> like, all right, cool. Yeah, I'm not going to kick him out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now well, I, I, I know, right? Yeah. Cause then that, that changes the whole purpose of my show. Uh, 
And let's see here. Now, one of the things that we wanted to also talk about is like the power of listening. So, you know, your show is really about listening to that other person's why, you know, what drives them? Why is it, uh, you know, things are going well for them? Why is it something went wrong for them? Uh, why is it they have been able to pull life back together? Uh, all those things. Um, what is the power of listening when it comes to getting yourself out of a rut? Well, I think it was my grandmother, it might have even been my mom, and it might have even been they stole it from somebody else. But somebody had once shared with me that we have two ears for a reason and we have one mouth for a reason. So we should listen twice as much as we're talking. And as folks can probably tell, I'm pretty good at talking for the most part, but I'm really bad sometimes at listening. And I think listening is the key to this whole world that we're in, this little globe marble ball that we're all a part of. Joe Diffie said, third rock from the sun, you know, whatever. But for me, again, I think listening has to play just such an integral role of life. Because if you're not listening, if all you're doing is talking, you're just going to miss so much stuff. You're going to miss the moments in life that are so powerful. And I think to me, again, if we're not listening, we're, we're really not hearing, if that makes sense. Because I think you can listen to something. Like I can listen to something and be like, okay, cool, whatever. You know, back in the day, I'm embarrassed to admit this, but back in the day, you know, I used to listen to like Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre and NWA and things like that. But I didn't really listen. I just liked the sound. Now, it wasn't until I discovered like DC Talk and Toby Mac and people like that, that I really started hearing and listening at the same time. Because again, I can hear something, but I think listening in implies intent to hear and to really learn. And so for me, I think that has to be the key. And I think that's been the key to doing this show. I hope the greatest lesson I've learned is the idea that I've really become a better listener. Yeah. It, what's that phrase? First seek to understand, then seek to be understood. And I think in order to understand somebody else, you you definitely have to listen, uh, not just hear the words coming in, but really process it, get the person's intent. And I think that that is that distinction. You know, hearing is like a sensory thing. I, I heard a noise. I heard a dog bark. I hear my cat trying to scratch to get into the podcast studio right now. Those are hearing things. Listening is, uh, you know, the difference between um, a marriage falling apart and a marriage healing from the same events. Uh, it's the difference between um, preventing your team from falling apart at work to having that one moment that rips it apart. Um, you know, I've, I've heard people say, I hear you. I hear you. And then immediately go into making their case why they were right anyway. And uh, and then it's clear they didn't listen to you. They didn't understand why you said what you just said and why that person's actions made an impact. They just want it. They just want to be heard. They're, they're, they're flipping it. They're first seeking to be understood. They kind of don't care if they understand you or not. And I think uh, what you're saying is, no, you got you got to seek to understand folks. And to do that, you got to listen. I love that. Now, yeah. Oh, yeah. Go Again, ahead. I, I think that's just the key. So, I mean, how many world conflicts can be uh, prevented <laughs> if we all just learn to listen to each other? Well, I think that's the problem, right? Is we don't want to listen. We we think immediately. I, I think it's even called pseudo listening. Mm -hmm. if, if I'm remembering this right, pseudo listening is the idea that I'm listening, and then while you're you're hearing me now talk, you're immediately defending or coming up with your defense while I'm talking. Yes. Or what you're going to say while I'm talking. Maybe it's not even a defense, but while I'm talking, you're thinking, okay, what am I going to say next? How, what, okay. All right. You're not really hearing me. Yeah. I think so often we do that. Yeah. 
And we look at the polarization of the United States right now. I think even then, you know, there's a lot of hearing and a lot of reacting, but not a lot of truly listening. Like, why does this side take such a strong stance here? Like, what is the core value behind that? And that's listening. What is the core value behind that stance? What is the core value behind that stance? I'm not going to go into specifics because that's not this show. (laughs) Uh, So, I've loved the conversation we've had. Um, now I know people can find you at opspodcast.com. So other people choose podcast.com. OPS podcast. Sounds really cool too when you, when you say it that way. Uh, you're on Twitter, you're on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Uh, where else can people find you? Or oh, well, they can find me in Oregon. Oregon, yeah. All the North Carolina stuff. Uh, I do live in Oregon, so that's very weird. Again, for still for some. <laughs> but no, those are, those are the main places. Um I always like to say, you know, it, it's at on, on the social medias at OPS podcast show. It's a little different than the website, but yeah, that's, that's the main places. I like to hang out on Instagram probably the most just because I don't know, I like looking at pictures and it's kind of fun and Facebook seems really weird. And I don't, I know they're owned by the same company now, you know, meta supposedly yeah. owns Facebook and Instagram, but I don't know. It just seems, seems to be more exciting on Instagram and Twitter. I rarely am there. So I mean, you can tweet me if you want. I will respond to anything that we get from you. But yeah, most of the time it's by Instagram. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've tagged you on so many pictures of my feet. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Where'd this show go, man? What happened? <laughs> and uh, what would be a book you recommend to folks right now? I, I saw that on your website you've got uh, recommended books. Uh, is there one that stands out to you right now that um, if somebody's trying to fulfill a 52 book goal for the year that they want to read. Uh, what would you recommend? Boy. Uh, so I started doing that, uh, books that I love, I think is what you're referring to. So when authors would come on, I was trying to figure out a way I could showcase their book and still give them like a little piece, you know, that they would always have tied back to us or or whatever. Plus I think it's just a great way at Christmas time. Like I'm not a big reader, like still struggle on some levels with that. But uh, for me, man, that's tough. That's a tough question, Jerry. That might be the hardest one I've if ever had. If it's easier, just tell me who your favorite kid is. <laughs> yeah, right? Can I go back to the episode thing? Because that was way easier. Um, man. Well, I really liked, uh, I actually read this one. I really liked Mark Victor Hansen's book. Um, and I got to remember the name of it. But uh, his book was really good. Like, I actually read it. And so um, people are probably surprised by that because he actually said I had dyslexia and I don't know how to read. So just ignore that. But Mark Victor's <laughs> book was pretty good. My wife, if you're a lady, so that's maybe for guys and girls um, alike. I'm trying to remember the name of his book. I should ask, uh, ask. The Bridge from Your Dreams to Your Destiny by Mark uh, Mark Victor Hansen. He's the dude that wrote Chicken Soup for the Soul. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Him and his wife, Crystal, uh, great people. Uh, but they wrote that book. So that's probably my number one, I would say. No, number two, and, and really it's probably like a 1A, if you will, uh, for the ladies. Uh, Esther Paderbaker's book, um, No Dot Thing, is pretty awesome as well. So for the ladies specifically, my wife is actually trying to trying to work through that book right now. And Esther's just a fantastic person. So I would say hers. And, okay, I'll throw in one more. I know you only said one, but I'll throw in one more. Loving Naomi, that's one of my uh, one of my other favorites that I always recommend for people too. Um, Megan uh, wrote an amazing book about OCD, and I didn't know anything about OCD, so it's kind of a little bit of a, a take on her life. So wow. those are my three that I would give you. So. Nice. Good good selection. I'm going to add probably all three to my uh, Goodreads. 
Yeah, I mean, I was, I was totally asking for a friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Of course. <laughs> and then, of course, the best two at the top, you know, the Carolina Way and uh, Hard oh. Work by Roy Williams. I mean, oh, that's right. Yeah, I got to check the, uh, at least yeah. one of those out. Um, any final words of wisdom for our audience before we head out? I think the big thing I would just challenge people on, I always like to leave a challenge every time I do a show. So I'll steal your challenge for a moment. Challenge time. And just challenge people to, to say this is, as I say, when I close out my show, I say, remember, when you walk in other people's shoes, you really do get a different perspective on life. Hear those words. What happens if you really get into their shoes? What happens if you really get that different perspective? Because again, it's easy to say, but it's hard to really walk out. And I was just challenging somebody today is just really spend some time. Maybe it's that coworker that nobody wants to talk to. Maybe it's that you know, kid on the playground that nobody wants to play with. Maybe it's that person you see in the coffee shop every day you go to get your caramel frappuccino from Starbucks and they're just by themselves all the time. Go engage them. I know that seems weird, like you're a total stranger, but engage in that conversation. Engage in where they are. And maybe ask them just like, hey man, those shoes are really cool. Where'd you get those? That is a great lead in. Truly it is. So anyway. Nice. Neil, thanks for sharing that. Thanks for being on this show. Uh, always great to talk with you. No matter what, whether we're recording or not, always good to talk with you. Man, it's my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. I hope you got a lot out of that conversation like I did. That was Neil Matthews, host of Other People's Shoes. And you know what? If you want to learn more about Neil, just go to the show notes at beyondtherut.com slash 340. Yeah, 340 episodes. Can you believe that? And some of you have been with me since day one, episode one, when I was tucked away in a broom closet having to edit this show for Brandon and Sean. Now it's just me. You're stuck with me. And I'm glad that if there's anybody I want to get in trouble with over the next five to ten years, that you're with me. At least you're listening to me. Who knows? I don't think I'm going to prison. I shouldn't be. Anyway, wait, let me double check. Okay. Uh-huh. No? Uh, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. All right. The fact I had a check doesn't reassure me, but we're moving forward. So again, the show notes, beyondtherut.com slash 340. Uh, there you can learn more about Neil, more about his show, and then links to other episodes that are related to this one about pursuing your dream, learning about other people, all those good things. Now, I'm glad you joined me for this episode, and I look forward to coming back again next week and joining you for some more time together. But until then, Go live life beyond the rut. Take care. You know, the best thing I love about Cap Show is that they have one of the best communities ever. As a Cap Showian myself, I always get invited to masterminds with industry leaders to get the insights and marketing strategies that take my business to the next level. Plus, they love surprising and delighting us. Go to beyondtherut.com slash Cap Show, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day free trial with the Cap Show team today and join me inside that community.